All right, here we go. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, we are joined today by uh, my friend Karin Saji, who is the manager of Digital Operations Canada uh, for Rouge Media, uh, and he's based in Toronto. Uh, Karin and I go way back when uh, we did some work for Try My UI and did a few conferences together. Um, had a few bar, uh, had a few beers at a bar in St. Louis and some barbecue. I remember that. Um, so thank you for taking the time to uh, to talk to my students. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. So uh, tell me what you're doing now. What is Rouge Media? Why are you the, why why are you its manager of digital ops? What's going on here? So I work in digital operations. Um, we're a place-based, out-of-home company, which means that we place your ads contextually um, and audience-targeted in specific locations. So say if you're wanting to hit up cinephiles who go to cineplex or, or movie theaters, where, where would they be? Where's the best place to get your messaging to them? Uh, so that's place-based, and that's what we specialize in. Uh, on the digital side, um, I help oversee where this, these ads go, where the content goes, and the devices it goes on. Is, is your ad up on a screen versus is it up on your mobile phone? Is it on your laptop? Um, where are you actually seeing the ad and what the experience of that is? And the benefit of place-based is that your experience is more organic. So say I... I am a women's um, beauty product. I can place my ad in a beauty salon. Um, so if, if your audience goes there for manicure or pedicure, they're in that mindset of, of, of aesthetics and beauty. So when they see your ad for a shampoo, say, uh, in that place, it, it clicks with that experience um, that, they're, that they're having. So it's a more organic feel. Mm -hmm. That's the benefit of place-based. I also help oversee mobile um, and programmatic ads, uh, which is more technology-based, where you work with exchanges and, and bid in real time to place these ads. Um, it doesn't have that experience, but it has its own benefits of engagement, where you can actually click on the ads um, and go to a website and engage with the brand. And you can, and you can tailor these ads to specific users because you have audience data on them. So you could target a woman who loves hair products who recently went to this supermarket, Walmart, in this neighborhood. You can get really granular. So it, it has its own benefits. Um, so I help oversee those two aspects of advertising for agencies and clients in Canada. So, so Rouge Media is primarily uh, a, a B2B company. Um, and are, are you, is Rouge Media in the startup phase or is this a fully established company it's been around? Fully established. Um, okay. It's been around for over a decade. Uh, I think cool. more than a decade. Um, and they have operations both in US and Canada. Okay. Um, so what do you do as a manager of, of operations? Um, strategy exactly what you just yeah. said? Or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I'm Please for, repeat uh, the same answer. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, well, I could break it down into two, strategy and execution. Um, strategy is kind of what I spoke about. So what makes sense for the client? Is it place-based or is it more mobile? Is it more programmatic? Um, what's best for the proposal or what they're wanting to do with the campaign? 
and execution. So executing the campaign, which comes with its own KPIs and metrics. Yeah. There are industry benchmarks in place-based and in the mobile world uh, that mm. you compare your performance. So when you run the campaign, it's not just, did anyone buy the shampoo? Well, that's one metric someone might ask, but there's many others you want to look at. So how do you look at that data? How do you report on it? Um, and how do you use that to run an even better campaign the next time? Yeah. So that's kind of my day-to-day. -day. That's cool. And I appreciate you, you detailing that because, you know, with a lot of uh, my marketing students, um, they, they feel like they may try to get into an agency and, and, and do an entry-level marketing job there. I don't think they have a totally realized understanding of all the different types of jobs that there are or where the natural sort of growth is in a marketing position. And operations is absolutely one of those um, positions that I think that you have to grow into versus one that you're trained on in college. Exactly. So how did you grow into an ops role? Um, a lot of it is learning it on the job. So nothing beats work experience. Um, operations is the x-ray or the blueprint of operations is processes, streamlining them and resolving inefficiencies. So how do you look at the big picture and how do you bring it down to that? How does it boil down to a process, streamlining it and, and making sure that there are minimal inefficiencies? Because that ultimately makes it scalable, uh, that makes it re reliable and trustworthy for clients too. For marketing, like you said, it's such, it's a big word. Uh, you could take marketing as identity, like mm. the project you did for City for You, City of yep. You. Yep. You could look at it as that, as identity. If you go down that path, I'd say you'd probably end up being a CEO at some point because <laughs> that's a big picture of a brand. Um, yeah. and, and that's a muscle you do want to develop in your head. Um, if you go down the route of creativity, say graphic design specifically, or specific tools you want on your resume or in your skill sets, that's really useful too, because skills never go out of market. You always need someone who knows something. The third is technology. So there's the ad tech world, um, which is programmatic, has emerging technologies that evolve so fast that you never stop learning. Um, I was thrown into the programmatic world by choice um, and I really loved learning about it. You could start off by asking a simple question. How do you see an ad for a shoe? How does a website know that you were just looking for shoes on Google and you see that ad on your Facebook? So having that curiosity about technology can really help you as well and help you mm -hmm. pick positions that you want to chase out um, in specific agencies or companies. Instead of aiming for an agency that does everything, you could look at, okay, this agency specializes in SEO or social or display or video and aim for right. that. Um, anyone who's starting out for agencies, I would look at what departments they have and which of those clicks best with you. Is it identity-based, technology-based, or mm -hmm. That's That's such a fantastic uh, thing to say because we don't typically frame uh, occupations and careers in relation to what an employer specializes in in the marketplace. Um, you know, this also helps in terms of like mentorship and, you know, finding a mentor that operates in these spaces that you care about and going to where they live and exist. I had to sneeze. <laughs> uh, 
really unprofessional. No, I'm going to hold it in. Um, so, uh, you know, finding a company that specializes in what you're passionate about and that entry level job, it's like, you may not necessarily know even after the first couple of years you started your career, what you're passionate about. So, um, you, you said you got into ops by choice. You had to do a lot of personal and professional development to get to a point where, where you're at. Um, what were you originally passionate about in, and within that marketing landscape and what made, what helped you evolve? Well, in the infancy of it, in the early, early stage, I think freshman, sophomore, junior years, um, when I didn't know what I wanted to pursue, I know it wasn't med school. I know it wasn't yeah. law school. So I know it was somewhere in the corporate world, but it could be anything. It could be consulting, accounting. I could go for a PhD. It could be many things. Right. One thing that really organically helped me realize it was marketing was that when I sat in an accounting class, I could not balance debits and credits. And everybody else, it, was just, it just clicked with them so easily but that was flipped in the marketing class. Everything clicked so easy. Everything mm -hmm. just made sense. And I looked at others that were struggling to do it. So I was like, okay, this, it just naturally clicked. So that kind of gave me an inclination. Okay, this is probably what I should be doing because it's so native uh, to my understanding. That was the first sign. The second was just getting to love the work you do. Um, often we spoke about choosing an employer. Mm -hmm. But in reality, you may not have that luxury. It is a luxury to choose an employer if you do have multiple offers, but often right. it's a competitive market and, and first time job seekers jump on an offer when they see it, when they get it, because it may go away to somebody else. Right. But I think just being aware of what you're stepping into, and I was very aware of the fact that I was stepping into operations. I could have stepped into a creative role. Um, or something else, but just being very mindful of, okay, this is what I'm entering. This is a sandbox of everything I have to learn with, all the tools that I can acquire, all the knowledge that I can acquire. Start doing that, um, start learning from your job, but always look ahead, follow newsletters and blogs of what's happening in the industry and where that sandbox can take you. So always looking ahead but all, and learning on the job and being mindful of where you are that really helps. So always introspecting from a professional standpoint really helped me because mm -hmm. I started off entry level in operations um, at, at another company called Zip Media. And I always had that in my head. Um, okay, this is where I am and this is where this could lead to and just chasing that. So opportunities came to me um, and I, because I was very mindful of that as opposed to someone who's just working away and not realizing that this opportunity just passed them. Uh, right. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of my students, they get recruited even before they graduate, which is an incredible thing to have happen. Um, yeah. And it doesn't happen at all universities. So it's absolutely like a result of a privileged position. You know, it's like the better the school, the more opportunities that come by default. And I've, you know, as I've been having these conversations, a lot of people have been talking about like, well, you know, you may be in the marketing field for your entire career, but you're going to have different jobs. It's not like your parents that are, yeah. you're going to be in the same job for 35, 40 years or whatever. 
Um, so to your point, like learning how to expand your skill set and your career prospects through uh, professional development tools and classes, et cetera, it's going to take you further, faster, wherever you want to go. And, you know, as it relates to the operation side of things, I've been noticing lately with myself, um, I've been relying less on creative and then more on data. Um, and even data to justify my creative decisions. Um, and through that discovery, I learned that there's like a really great safety net, uh, with data. I mean, it, it like justifies every decision that you make regardless of whether someone likes it or not. So long as those justifies are in alignment, I'm sorry, those, those data points are in that they justify the strategy then it, it feels like a formula. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you get uh, creative with the, the strategy side of things? Um, there's many ways. Uh, it depends on perspective. If you ask any, any person working in operations, they might say, oh, it's really static. There's a process for everything. Mm-hmm. And you wanna stick with the process because it's scalable. Right. Um, Another person might say it's actually, there is a process for it, but it's, it's case by case. When you look at marketing or the industry that we work in, if you go to the creativity and technology side, they're really both at an intersection. Um, you can be creative, you can use technologies and you can strategize what comes where and what time. Um, for example, um, you could leverage radio broadcast uh, TV, OTT, CTV, the internet, um, the web, even wearables. Um, that's one placement for an ad. You could strategize the messaging of the creative, which is very creative, um, of what the user should see. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you could look at the data. Have, do we have any data of how people respond to these kind of messages? You could look at social. Is this the right environment? With coronavirus, what kind of messaging do we want to put out that aligns with the brand? The more questions you ask, uh, you go down the rabbit hole of what strategy makes the most sense and the more unique it gets. Um, mm-hmm. So just because you work in operations doesn't mean that everything's the same, <laughs> all the processes right. are the same. The blueprint might be the same because you have the same sandbox that you've built for yourself, but the questions you ask, the client you work for, um, it's a, it's a, it's a cocktail. It's it's not a it's not a neat drink. It always can be unique in its own way. So if we're comparing it to foods, could it also be a salad? <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, so uh, well, you know, you, you brought up uh, coronavirus and and your lockdown in Toronto. Um, how has how has the outbreak disrupted your company and, and and the work that you do, if at all? I mean, you said that everyone is based remotely. Yes. Yeah. So, are you seeing much disruption at all? Um, I can speak to the disruption in the industry um, more than the company because sure. work carries on. We're just working from home. Yeah. Uh, and everything is digital. So it's not like we have to be in a place physically to do it as a construction worker would. It's quite different. But the industry's taken a hit in both good and bad ways. The bad ways are obvious. 
Um, if you're a place-based company, those women are not going to the salon anymore. So that right. shampoo, the shampoo ad doesn't go up there. Um, on the good side, where does it go? Well, these women are watching a hell out of TV because everyone's bored at home. So let's put this ad up on TV or on your mobile phones because people are on social media a lot more now that they're home. So there's plus and minus to it. This is where the strategy piece comes in as well. Where do you want to put in time and money um, for marketing of this brand and what makes sense for this brand? Right. So yeah, on the, on the, on the positive side, new channels have opened up. Uh, we're looking more and more towards where are the impressions going? Are these people watching Netflix? Are they watching um, videos on Instagram? Where are they? And what's the best time to hit them? Mm-hmm. And with what kind of messaging? So, you know, it, in consideration of that, it's a, a period of just some really great learning. You know, it's not like a pandemic hits every couple of years. I mean, well, maybe in recent modern history, but uh, now you kind of have a sense of like, all right, well, this is what happens when the entire planet shuts down. Uh, <laughs> and, and you can pivot and strategize accordingly for that, um, especially if, you know, it's kind of tough because people aren't necessarily doing a lot of advertising right now. People are locked in their houses. They're not buying anything. I mean, I'm a great example of someone that's not buying anything, but I just bought a $60 video game that I'll never play. Um, it was animal crossing and it was for Amelia. So, uh, (laughs) so like, you know, uh, that's not something that even necessarily had to be advertised to me, but, um, it, it, it's going to be a very in, in informative, you know, I would say year. I think it's going to be a good year before we really learn all of the, all of the lessons that we could through this particular experience. Um, so I'm glad that, that you're doing well and the company's doing well. Um, have you gotten out of the house yet? Hi. <laughs> Um, yeah, I have not. So, I mean, I think this is an interesting thing. So like is being, so it's one thing to work remotely, yeah. but you can leave whenever you like, but now like I'm locked down, you're locked down is being locked in affecting the quality of your work or are you spending more time focusing on it? Uh, what's the relationship to, to the quality of your output? when you're locked in? Um, I guess the only thing that takes a hit is that face-to-face surplus. Uh, When you're having conversations and meetings um, Mm face-to-face, somehow it has more gravitas than um, having it virtually or messaging virtually. Right. I think I, 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 maybe that's a personal thing with me, but um, I think that that's, that, that takes a hit. Um, you, what you were talking, something reminded me. I read an article, was it Wall Street or, it was a well-renowned um, channel. Mm-hmm. And this, the writer was saying, during regular times, I'm paraphrasing, during regular times, you have to advertise. During, and during rough times or a pandemic, you must advertise. Like you really need to get those marketing and advertising dollars flowing. Mm-hmm. Just as any industry takes a hit, stock industry takes a hit movie theaters take a hit like they're all shut down um yeah. similarly this industry also takes a hit 
um, because there's a shift in user behaviors. So you do want to keep the blood flowing. You do want to study what changes are happening. And something like this hasn't happened before. So we don't have past learnings that we can use to optimize behaviors now. Mm -hmm. This would be the time to jot down data points. Uh, what are the fluctuations in prices of advertising? Right. What technologies are going up? What's going down? Um, how does that affect if this would happen again? Or once this dies down, what bumps up again? So all of those patterns are fascinating to look at. Um, but yeah, a different. some things have taken a negative hit. Some have taken not so negative. Right. Well, you know, hopefully we'll all be able to, to weather the storm and learn from the, learn from those lessons and be informed to, to, to use that as a, as a growth point for the future. I know, you know, in higher ed, one of the things that I'm sort of researching now is who is the, I'll use the phrase, who's the first market by that. I mean, who, what university even in the country or around the globe was the first to say like, all right, we're actually shutting down. Here are our protocols for shutdown. And here's, you know, here's essentially the emergency plan. Um, and all of the, the communications that resulted from that. I mean, in higher ed, we've been getting just annihilated with new, very priority messages daily. Um, and that's just because of the, the nature of the university model and all the people involved. And it's, it's gotten, it feels like it's oppressive actually with how many emails that we've gotten. And, you know, from a product development point of view, some universities are just like, you know what, it's done. Like we can't even guarantee that our product, our classes are even going to be at the level that we want them. So one of the things that they've done recently, at least the two schools I'm at, they just, they said, whatever grade you get, you can convert it to a pass or no credit. So if you get a C and you're an honor student, apply a pass, it doesn't affect your GPA. So it's a really great fail safe in, in that respect. So it's like, well, we know you didn't get a quality product out of us this time because of this reason. So here's our customer service aspect and try to make things better. So yeah. it's kind of interesting. So uh, at any rate, uh, we're ending the, our time here. Um, so how can... So students that are maybe interested in learning more about ad tech and, and operations types of roles, uh, how could they get a hold of you or learn more about what you're doing or learn more about Rouge Media? How can they find you? LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Feel free to connect with me. Okay. Um, if they want to connect with industry leaders, I'd say start following the big players in blogs and webinars. Uh, a few yeah. names that come to mind, subscribe to Adweek, AdAge, and mm -hmm. IAB. IAB is the biggest one you can subscribe to. You can join as a member. Attend their webinars, and whoever's presenting the webinar, ask a question in the webinar. Once the webinar is done, connect with them on LinkedIn and thank them yeah. for a good talk. Uh, it's a good way to network. But you can always reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm happy cool. to answer any more questions. Yeah, I'll, I'll include your contact info in the show notes. So do you have any, are you going to be running any webinars anytime soon? <laughs> no, you can, you and I could run one. We've yeah. had one in years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time for, I, I guess it wouldn't, this would be our, our, our trilogy. 
yeah we've, we've got we've got two in the bank so yeah we, we got to yeah. complete the trilogy at some point yeah well i'll follow your lead you let me know <laughs> <laughs> got it cool all right uh thanks karen i really appreciate it. you stay safe up there in toronto all right likewise thank you cool, man